This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 at the start of a shortened work week, Tuesday afternoon, July 5th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The latest film in the Despicable Me franchise is a record setter. We'll cover that in our next segment, but the week ahead will include reports on factory orders, job openings, while the government jobs report for June is due on Friday. We're joined by Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors in Wheaton. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Uh, That jobs report that comes out on Friday morning, and they're all very important in terms of uh, giving us a good snapshot of the employment market, but if you're looking for more indications that a recession is on the way or a recession is here, that employment report that's coming out Friday morning is a very key piece of information. Oh, gosh, Rob, I couldn't agree with you more. The the uh, however, right now, the consensus and 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 uh, first trust, our forecast is around two hundred and fifty thousand jobs created. Uh, we still uh, still have fewer jobs today than we did in February of 2020. And, and a lot of that has to do with the service sector. That was the last part of the economy to open up. So movie theaters and concerts and sporting events and cruise ships and all of those things that that COVID really closed down, they are still opening up. And so I I get it. People are worried. The Fed's raising rates. The market is down. Um, There have been some pieces of data uh, that, that aren't as good as people thought. But in general, we're going to we will still create three or four million jobs this year. But it's more having more to do with the opening up from the pandemic uh, than any, you know, than any other real booming part of the economy. So. So, yes, the Fed's raised rates, but they're still low. Uh, Yes, the stock market is down, but it was overvalued uh, a little bit. And so I, I know people are jittery. Nobody likes to pay $4.50, $5 a gallon for gas. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that the economy, in my opinion, is still growing and the market will figure that out as the year goes on. And uh, to your point then, and very quickly, factory orders rising 1.6% in May after advancing 7 tenths of a percent in April. So uh, once again, uh, orders for uh, big ticket items are still fairly robust, even as interest rates go up. Yeah, you know, the economy is, there's no doubt we are not going to grow as fast as we did last year or the second half of 2020 when we really opened up. Uh, But but we'll eke out some growth. It'll be slower. And that and that makes everybody worried. Also, with the Fed raising rates, uh, nobody knows how high is too high. Uh, The market's uh, nervous uh, that 
uh, that the that the real rapid recovery last year from COVID uh, it won't continue, and and the market's right about that. Uh, but I don't think we are in for a recession uh, as strong or as hard or as deep as a lot of people fear right now. And then at, by the end of the year, I think people will be in a, a little bit better mood. Although I don't see gas prices coming down very much at all. Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors in Wheaton. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, minions attract record crowds into movie theaters. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The newest film in Illumination Entertainment's Despicable Me franchise, Minions, The Rise of Gru, is a box office smash. We welcome in Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst at the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I am nowhere near the box office expert that you are, but I had a sense that Minions was going to be a thing uh, on Thursday night. Night, the Pickwick Theater in Park Ridge, Northwest Chicago, big old-fashioned movie house built in the 20s. Uh, Minions was screening on Thursday evening, and it was a packed house, bunch of kids in there screaming wildly at every aspect of the Minions movie. And that's, you got the sense in the theater at that night it was going to be a big crowd pleaser. Well, Rob, it, you just nailed it. it. It's that interactivity of that in-theater experience for a movie like Minions, The Rise of Crew that makes it so special for families and kids and really anyone who loves going to the movie theater. There's something about the electricity in the air that's created when you have a bunch of kids cracking up at the same jokes, the crazy antics on screen by those minions. They're so wacky. And it takes me back to when I was a kid, I used to watch the three stooges every afternoon. I'd run home and watch that slapstick comedy. There's just nothing like that. Uh, And for kids, it is really just the most fun to do that in a movie theater, and not it, just sitting at home. And of course, the producers of uh, of, of Minions are very, you know, very smart because they know that there a lot of parents are going to be in the movie theater uh, with the kids uh, who will be laughing at what the Minions are doing. Uh, this movie takes place in the seventies. There are a lot of uh, classic rock uh, needle drops throughout the mo- throughout the picture that I'm guessing are designed uh, to suck in the parents who have to drive their kid yeah. to the theater. That's exactly right, too. I mean, on all levels, this works because if you're a parent and you're sitting in that theater, you want to be entertained as well. So there's something in there for everybody. And Illumination, who creates these Despicable Me movies and the Minions, they really know what audiences want. And the humor is there and just the pure fun of it. And this is great for movie theaters because with Lightyear, many have thought, well, maybe Families aren't coming back to the movie theater, but you just have to give them a reason to go. Lightyear's a great movie, but it's not silly. It's not wacky. Other than Socks, the really cool space cat cadet in that movie, it's really not. It's a more serious tone to that movie, Lightyear. But Minions, like you just like you said, Rob, just watching your fellow audience members go ballistic and <laughs> laughing and and really getting into it. Think about the escape factor there for people with all that's going on in the world to be able to go into that theater for you know an hour and a half and see the minions it's great therapy and it's probably going to be a a better uh, advertisement for the uh, movie going experience uh, above and beyond nicole kidman (laughs) there you go i mean that's it's really about just that communal experience and again this is great news for movie theaters I mean, there are more family films yet to come, 
But I think when you're in the PG realm right now, you got to deliver those laughs and the fun and uh, audiences are really responding to it. I mean, the movie has already made $202.2 million worldwide and counting. After two years of, uh, hey, maybe this is the movie or the franchise that's going to bring people back, if you're in the movie theater business, this has been a fantastic year. Doctor Strange, Top Gun, uh, Elvis, and now you have Minions with more to come. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, Thor Love and Thunder is opening later this week. Uh, Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope, is opening within the next month or so. And there are more movies to come. This is great news. Top Gun Maverick. That's a billion-dollar movie worldwide. Like you mentioned, Doctor Strange, Elvis, and Top Gun are proving that more mature audiences are really embracing the movie theater experience. And then you have Jurassic World Dominion in the mix and Lightyear, which I think will do really well once it gets to Disney Plus on the small screen. But this is great news, Rob, for movie theaters. A year ago, we were singing a sad song, and now – we're really in a good place, and Minions is the latest example of a big hit in theaters. Paul DeGarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, choosing the best credit card to maximize your travel-related purchases. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. There are lots of choices for credit cards you use when you're traveling or making travel-related purchases. Let's get some direction from Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. What are the different categories of travel credit cards, and, and what are the most commonly used? Are they airline cards, are they hotel cards, or are they generic rewards cards that can give you uh, benefits for traveling? All can offer significant benefits. I tend to think that the transferable points cards are the most valuable because just like your investments, there's built-in diversification there. So cards that participate in the American Express Membership Rewards Program or Chase Ultimate Rewards, those are good examples. Some of the common cards are the Amex Platinum, the Amex Gold, Chase Sapphire Reserve, Chase Sapphire Preferred. People love the fact that these have dozens of partners where there can be a ton of value. But then if you want, you can also just book travel directly through their portal. You can book basically any airline or hotel and get solid value for that as well. Maybe not quite as much as the transfer partners, but I think that flexibility is key. It, it, it almost sounds like before you do your homework into trying to find a travel credit card that works for you, you almost have to assess the amount of travel you do in the and the way in which you do it to get a card that makes the most sense. Exactly. So following up on that and the earlier point, too, if you fly a lot and you're really loyal to a specific airline or same thing with hotels, you always stay at the same chain – well, then maybe actually getting one of their cards is most beneficial because you get extra perks. Maybe you get free check bags on the airline or priority boarding or with the hotel. Maybe you get elite status and you get free Wi-Fi and free breakfast and late checkout and all these things. But to your point about loyalty, you need to travel a good bit for that to be worth it. If you're more of an occasional traveler, then I think the general keep your options open kind of approach works better. And that's a key point, too, is that you can earn these points and miles on everyday things like gas and groceries and turn them into a great trip once or twice a year. 
So that's another pro of the more general cards. And then what are some of, as far as the generic credit cards are concerned, you know, what's an example of a card um, that's, that, you, that has transferable points um, and some of the ways in which you can use them that uh, you may not you know, be aware of immediately? And what, what are some of your favorites? I actually think besides the Amex and Chase cards I mentioned, I think the Capital One Venture is really compelling on this point because in a way you could view it as kind of a 2% cash back card that you use towards travel because you get two miles per dollar on every purchase and then you can cash those out at a fixed rate, very broadly applied to travel for one cent a piece. So that's basically 2% in value or they have transfer partners. So you could do that. This one has an affordable price point. It's $95 a year, whereas cards like Amex Platinum, that's $695, although there are credits that reduce it. Uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve is $550. So there's not as much sticker shock with the Capital One Venture. I think it's a good kind of starting point. There's a more premium version, too, called the Venture X, which carries an annual fee of $395, although, again, there's credits for travel and that can offset it. You get into the lounge with that, whereas you don't with the regular venture. So you kind of need to think, do you travel enough to splurge on some of these other things like lounge access? But I love the idea of keeping your options open. And I think the Capital One Venture is a good hybrid. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York, still ahead in Travel Tuesday. Things you need to know before taking a trip to Europe. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Police release more details surrounding yesterday's mass shooting at the Highland Park Independence Day parade. A member of the Chicago City Council won't seek another term after more than 10 years in office. Travel Tuesday, a need to know checklist for a vacation to Europe. And the price of oil takes a tumble. We'll get insight from a veteran industry analyst. WBBM Business, the markets are mixed right now. The Dow is down 503 points. The Nasdaq, though, is up 47. The S&P 500 is down 43, 90 degrees right now in Chicago. Under partly sunny skies, it feels like 100, going up to 92. But the uh, heat index will clock in at 100 to 105. It's 1231 and topping our news at the half hour. Police in Highland Park say they don't know the motive for the shooting at the 4th of July parade yesterday that killed six people and wounded more than 30 others, but they do expect that charges will be filed against the 21-year-old suspect this afternoon. The update from WBBM's Mike Krauser. Robert Cremo, according to Deputy Chief Chris Cavelli of the Major Crimes Task Force, concealed his identity and fired more than 70 rounds from a high-powered rifle. We do believe Cremo pre-planned this attack for several weeks. Uh, he brought a high-powered rifle to this parade. He accessed the roof of a business via a fire escape ladder and began opening fire on the innocent Independence Day celebration goers. The rifle was purchased in Illinois 
And the information we have thus far is that it appears to have been purchased legally by Cremo. During the attack, Cremo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity. The rifle was left at the scene. Cavelli says Cremo left with the shocked crowd going to his mother's home and borrowing her car. The ATF did an expedited trace on the gun, coming up with the identity of the suspect. A citizen spotted his mother's car eight hours after the shooting and called 911 and Cremo was arrested. That's the latest from Highland Park. 46th Ward Alderman James Kappelman is announcing he will not seek re-election this year. He's been representing the Northside Uptown neighborhood since 2011. He says he's leaving the city council with mixed emotions after what he calls an incredible experience that he says he will always treasure. The noon business hour continues presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are trading mixed. We're joined by Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. The website GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us today. With all of the growth stocks seemingly taking a beating uh, this morning on fears, or as you said earlier today, uh, the reality that a recession might be here. Uh, isn't that also uh, a, a good uh, pressure valve against inflation? I mean, oil's down $10 a barrel, trading below 100 bucks for the first time in a long time. Yeah, first off, my thoughts are with uh, the whole Highland Park community for uh, what happens. Uh, just uh, it makes you tear up. I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. Uh, look, inflation topped out about four weeks ago. Uh, I put out a note three weeks ago that I thought oil had topped, commodities had topped, and we're getting it in droves now. It just tells you how quick things move. They're actually crashing oil prices. I suspect the $5 oil is going to be $4 oil really soon, uh, if not lower. The problem with it is that it is without a doubt telegraphing uh, economic trouble going forward, and you better be on your game uh, when in the markets. And what I mean by that is anything commodity is getting busted up. Anything really economically sensitive is getting hit hard. But what is really starting to uh, show itself, the worst areas since last November has been the high beta technology areas uh, that have just uh, software that has been absolutely slammed. We think they're probably putting in a low here because of interest rates tanking. So we're going to have a very, very split tape. And today I'm seeing something unprecedented. A Dow is down 500 while the Nasdaq's up 55. So it's already starting to show itself. And then uh, as far as, you know, the, the NBER is probably still waiting on the uh, employment uh, numbers to officially say that uh, it is a recession, despite the fact that there has been uh, uh, two quarters of uh, contraction uh, so far. Um, but if, if in, in the commercial real estate space, let's say there is a recession. It's been hammered already by a lot of offices uh, shrinking their footprint. Uh, what happens to commercial real estate uh, if there is an actual uh, recession and a business slowdown, and they uh, reevaluate their uh, office plans once again. Uh, I would suspect for companies that own a lot of that real estate, there's going to be some markdowns and some decisions to make. Uh, look, we've already had because of the pandemic. I was just in New York City a couple weeks ago. Just a ton of empty office space and a ton of offices where three days a week people don't even go in. So, yeah, it, that'll affect that industry. I think housing is in for it also to a certain extent, just based on price, uh, went too far for too long. So there's going to be a lot of what I call moving parts. 
uh, in the markets going forward, and you really better be on your game. As I said earlier, I have been so bearish on technology for a good 9, 10, 11, 12 months. I am coming out of that now uh, because of what we're seeing, and it's just the complete opposite, interest rates plunging instead of going higher. And it is definitely meaningful to, uh, to the industry, and that's uh, how the cookie crumbles when it comes to markets. Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, top tips for a trip to Europe. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon the focus is on Europe. We welcome back Angie Rice, who is the co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale, the website travelbta.com. Angie, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, First off, it seems like if you are traveling to Europe, uh, you have to uh, know the arrival and departure rules backwards and forwards. Uh, some COVID protocols uh, have been retired, but others are still in place. Yes, it is getting easier. It's not as complicated. Obviously, there was a lot of excitement when the rules changed prior to summer travel, where returning to the U.S. no longer requires a COVID And I think with air travel, one thing to think about when you're traveling to Europe is really just staying on top of your flights, making sure that flights have not been canceled or rescheduled. It's really important to be at the front of the line when you do have to rebook your flights. Now, are are, are the the, the same problems that are kind of bedeviling uh, domestic air travelers, is that also happening uh, on the transatlantic routes as well? Absolutely. There is a lot of similarities. We have, you know, labor shortages across the globe. So the the issues we're seeing in the United States with overcrowded flights, uh, delays attributable to simply just not enough labor force to get bags on and off flights. And then what we're finding is that the shortages of the pilots and the flight attendants is also becoming a real problem. Now, uh, speaking as the uh, radio station's uh, resident train nerd, um, once you do go over to Europe, uh, is it a better bet to fly from country to country, or are you will you encounter the same problems? Uh, let's say if you take the uh, the channel, the uh, the high speed rail tunnel under the English Channel, or uh, the TGV across France. Well, that depends because, as you know, recently in the news, um, there have been some strikes, particularly in the UK. Um, for their transportation systems, and that affected the subway system, the trains, et cetera. So you kind of have to be aware of what's happening in the market where you're traveling. But what I like to tell people is really look at experiencing a country um, and enjoying that country as much as possible so that you're not spending as much travel time dealing with, with logistics. When I see an itinerary where someone is going from three to four countries in a two-week time frame, I sometimes shake my head thinking, wow, that's just too much moving around. So when you build your itineraries now more than ever, if you can stick to one country or limit that to a neighboring country, that's going to eliminate the concerns related to having to for example, you know, fly from Paris to Mykonos in order to enjoy the two countries that are on your itinerary. Keep your itinerary um, more cohesive by traveling to countries that are near each other. So you can avoid those air flights. I would definitely try to avoid the, the smaller flights. The commuter flights, for example, those airlines probably were hit the most because they didn't have as much financial support, and it was much harder for them to get up and running again. So I'm a little apprehensive about 
those commuter flights, avoid them if you can. And then uh, some of the basics things, including the things that you 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 really don't think about because you're so worried about everything else, uh, you forget to bring your passport, make sure you bring it along and it's valid, um, and uh, pack light. Uh, don't, uh, uh, don't recreate that scene from the Marx Brothers movie where there's a zillion things in your trunk. And uh, also uh, call your credit card company so they think that uh, your purchase at uh, Harrods Department Store in London is actually you and not somebody else. Yeah, you do have to prepare to travel and let your credit card companies know. I also recommend that you make sure somebody else has a copy of your passport that isn't traveling with you. So if you are traveling and you lose that passport, you have a copy of it. And people say, oh, well, I have it on my phone. Well, what if you both lose your phone and your passport simultaneously? You have a real problem. And you mentioned the packing light. I also, right now, one of the top advice that I give travelers to Europe is if you can fit everything in a carry-on, put it in a carry-on. I know it's possible because I've taken three week-long trips and I've had a carry-on. I've done, I've packed for safari and I've done it in a carry-on. So it is possible some ways to kind of um, overcome what it is you need to travel. I mean, you do, there are different items that pack easier than others. And then I would say get a small bag that fits in your suitcase so you can shop and purchase things in destination and still have room to bring it home. It's less of a concern to, you know, check your bags on the return. But what happens when you're traveling to destination, you can lose your bags for one, two days. And that's a real reality. I had a client and they were attending a wedding and they said, you know, 10 or 15 people didn't have their suitcases, nor did they arrive in time for the wedding. So they were scrambling to get you know, a wardrobe situated for the rehearsal dinner and for the day of. You don't want those things to happen if you can avoid it. So try to fit the things that you need in a carry-on if possible or separate your luggage so at least you have two or three days where you can get by with a carry-on only. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale, the website TravelBTA.com. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The price of oil is down more than $10 a barrel today. Let's get the latest now from Tom Closa, longtime energy analyst with the Oil Price Information Service in Wall, New Jersey, and one of the better Twitter follows out there. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Uh, $10 a barrel, that's uh, how much uh, oil has been sold off today. We're below $100 a barrel for the first time uh, since, uh, geez, must have been uh, before the invasion, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, how, actually, how actually it was May 11th, so it was more recent than you think. Oh uh, yes, it uh, was. That was that was yeah. the uh, the Shanghai shutdown uh, when they had their COVID surge. Um, how does this translate uh, to the gas pump? Because not only is the price of oil going down, but the one thing you like to track online is the uh, the the wholesale uh, price of gasoline, the futures contracts, and that's going down by a lot as well. Yeah, if uh, you're a uh, gasoline retailer in the Great Lakes, today is one of the best days that you've enjoyed in many a year. We're actually down about 45 cents a gallon on wholesale gasoline prices in the Chicago area. And uh, I don't suspect that we'll see retail drop by 45 cents in the next couple of days. Uh, But you will see a lot of feathers dropping and prices will drop. And, you know, you'll no longer be talking maybe about a $5 handle and you'll be talking about a $4 handle in some cases. Now, one thing I would impress upon you, though, it's not a trend yet. 
this, you know, this market has a propensity to move up or down by these incredible numbers. And this is simply uh, on on fears of a recession. So, as as you mentioned, if uh, if if traders get their heads around the situation and they determine that it's not going to be a recession, just merely a slowdown, uh, do they adjust their expectations, and we could see prices take off again? Yeah, traders are incredibly fickle, uh, and investment banks tend to sort of pr- predict what they want to happen. You know, one of the big money center banks predicted that we'd all be seeing $6.20 average prices by August 1st. They're probably going to be about a dollar fifty or $1.60 short of that, the way we're headed now. But there are some worries. I mean, uh, Vladimir Putin has some levers he can pull to cut off energy hydrocarbons to the West. Uh, there is the storm season that's just getting underway here at the Gulf Coast. And uh, there's also problems with the electric grid. I hope you guys are okay. I'm hearing 100 degree temperatures up your way, which probably aren't easy for the power grid people to deal with. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a hot one today. 90 right now at O'Hare. It feels like 100. So yes, it's got that uh, delightful dew point that uh, makes everybody uh, pant as they walk outside. So yes, there will be a great deal of uh, of, uh, of of stress in the electrical grid. Um, but the uh, the predictions about I saw one about 300 dollar 180 dollar barrels of oil. Uh, they sound a little overwrought. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it could. St- Still happen. I mean, there's so much risk in the next six or seven months that I wouldn't rule it out, but it's probably not the base case. And the base case was that, look, there's a lot of risk uh, of prices going higher, but there's also a risk of prices going lower. And for the last week, and particularly today, we are seeing a recession session. Now, uh, later this week, if there's some breakthroughs on China trade or whatever, we may see enthusiasm return. But right now, it's a rough day for a lot of people who are long oil. Tom Close, a longtime energy analyst with the Oil Price Information Service based in Wall, New Jersey. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream. Just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.